0: Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola with Jason Cross and Leif Johnson. Hello. On today's show, our feature discussion will cover the Spotify and Apple Music fracas. In our two-minute tip, learn how to add other people's fingerprints to Touch ID. We also look at audience hot takes. But before we go any further, we want to let you know that we have set up an email address for you to send comments and questions about the Macworld Podcast drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com and let us know what you think about the show. We're also now available on Spotify. So if you prefer to use Spotify instead of Apple Music for whatever reason, <laughs> which we'll probably discuss after the news, uh, you can get us on on uh, Spotify. So check that out as well. So with that stuff out of the way, it's time for the news. And the big news is that this week is New Apple Product Week. God. refresh! So. <laughs>
1: yeah, every
2: day.
0: Yeah, so we started the week with new Air, uh, new uh, iPad. iPads. Mm-hmm. On Monday, we got a new iPad Air, a new iPad Mini. Mini. Tuesday, we got new iMacs, and today is Wednesday as we're recording this, and we're getting we got the new AirPods today. Who knows what's in store for the rest of the week so but uh yeah it seems to be that apple's trying to build up some momentum going into monday's announcement uh which is everyone expects to be the new video streaming
2: service it's like they're getting this all out of the way so they don't have to talk about it on stage. <laughs> right.
1: And especially, it's, you know, it's, it's cool stuff. And like the, I've had it's a significant update, but it's a refresh basically. I mean, it, this isn't like, you know, e- even the AirPods, you know, we've been all talking about crazy, cool new features and stuff. It's just a wireless charging that we were expecting for a while. I mean, it's, you know, that's great. Yeah, it also
2: has, um, Hey Siri, you can just right. yeah, talk and, that's um, cool. but it's, it's not, none of these are redesigns. Mm-hmm. They're just spec bumps basically. Yes. So it makes sense that they're doing this. Um, I don't know what we're recording this on Wednesday morning, so there's two more days this week. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna do this every day. I really think that we're gonna see, you know, like Air Power or something on mm-hmm. <laughs> one of these days, and maybe iPod, iPod Touch. I people want an iPhone SE. You know, who knows? Do you there's, think they'll surprise us? I mean, we're thinking, you know,
1: iPod. We're thinking Air Power. Do you think they'll surprise us by giving us something like really cool on Friday?
2: Or I is, really don't. If it's that right. cool, they get on stage with it. That's true.
0: Yeah, or they do say that for an earlier-in-the-week announcement. They, they tend not to do Friday announcements. As everyone knows, Friday Friday news items tend to get lost. Yeah. So um, even though it has happened, but yeah, Friday tends not to be a That'd be a good time for air
2: power just because we <laughs> know about it mm-hmm. and it's – it's, it, it's not a spec bump or something to an existing product it's a product they want to slip out and just let make sure everybody kind of can ignore how late it is And then as you were saying Friday would be
1: a good day for that because it wouldn't draw too much attention because exactly you know, yeah give people plenty of time to write editorials and stuff
0: <laughs> Well we started talking about particular products like the air power so the air power or I'm sorry AirPods mm-hmm. that came out today they got the wireless charging and hey series support. Correct me if I'm wrong. You can get the wireless charging case separately. So if you have the original AirPods, you can use that wireless case with that.
2: That's right. It's 79 bucks just for the charging case. You can get the new AirPods without the wireless charging case, and that costs what it always has, $159. Yeah. And then you can get the new AirPods with the wireless charging case for 199 so, you don't have to pay a $79 difference. <laughs> you know, you're just paying the upgrade. I wish they had just updated
1: them entirely and, like, this is the new $149 with AirPods. Of course, that's Apple's not going to do that. But...
2: Well, they've always been 159 Yeah. So, no, the, the, the yeah. non wireless one is. Yes. Yeah, they could have just thrown in the wireless for $159. Yes. Said that that's what they are now. They're wireless.
0: Just to clarify, because it's become kind of a thing which will talk about with the uh, iPads. The old AirPods are no longer available, correct?
2: I cannot see them on the site. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, so they oh. did. Is, this is just yeah. the this is not AirPods 2, this is just AirPods oh, now. So they didn't replace be, them, but they bumped up the price? Oh, that's They did uh, not bump up the price. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. They've always they've always been 159 without a wireless charging I'm case. They're still 159 without a wireless charging case. I'm sorry. I was getting it that it was like $200 now. Okay. It's $200 if you want the wireless charging case as
1: well. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, yeah. so I, that, that's, I guess that's what I meant. Is that... They sell it with and without. With right? and without.
2: Okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's okay.
0: a little confusing. So, it's As so, you can yeah. see. <laughs> so they're yeah. two different. Yeah,
2: right? yeah you, so if you want just a regular charging case that you plug in, like always, you can still get that, and it's still 159
0: So the AirPods have a new, what they're calling the H1 chip. Mm-hmm. Jason, can you go over the details? Do you know the details of that H1 chip? I, I think So, I read it quickly.
2: yeah, I mean, they don't give a lot of technical detail. Right. They just say it gives you – that's what lets you, them do Hey Siri, basically, with it. Uh, and it provides for longer talk time, which means that um, I think three hours of talk time now on a, on a phone call or something. Uh, other than that, the battery life is unchanged, so you still get – 24 hours with the case and each outside of the case that earbuds last for five hours of listening to music. So that's the same as the old ones. It's just the actual talk time has been improved a lot. It also is supposed to speed up pairing and switching devices Mm -hmm. when you switch from like your Mac to your phone or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's supposed to be up to 50% faster or something like that. So, it smooths out a little bit of those things. The only real new feature is the Hey Siri support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Which, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've said it three times, and my phone has almost it started to listen every time. At that time, I got it. And I apologize to everybody who's listening to this without headphones, and just, I just set off all of your stuff.
0: <laughs> We're working on getting... AirPods in for review. It'd be interesting to see, like, you know, when you say "Hey, hey Siri," <laughs> does that trigger your phone as well? You know, do you know what I mean? I mean, it, of, of course, it works through your AirPods, but yeah. yeah, you know, there's, I guess, for lack of a better term, like an isolating it, isolating the command to a certain device. I guess it's that's not a big, big deal if your phone's there because you want it's yeah. going to access your phone anyways. So, yeah, yeah. It's they're really be good at the priority. Air- so. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hmm. So. yeah I assume, I assume if you're using your Mac it triggers it for your Mac it's whatever the, the AirPods are paired with
1: right mm-hmm. and, it, and you know it's just like if you have your other devices around all right, that's a good question if you have your AirPods in but you know but if you have a HomePod in the vicinity the HomePod will be the one that answers right that kind of thing and yeah. I like that they, they really do have that priority down so I think yeah, yeah. It works well.
0: we're working on getting uh, units in and we'll take a look at that
2: I haven't heard anything about better sound quality in any of the, it's not so. I'm assuming it's going to be about the same.
0: Yeah, they haven't actually, in their marketing materials, they haven't actually said anything about improved audio quality, did they? I don't don't remember. I
1: saw people making jokes about it, but I think it's it's unbounded. So
0: hopefully we'll get a review in and we'll have a review of that coming soon. Apple also on Monday released the new iPad Air and the new iPad Mini Which I think initially, when the initial announcement came out, it seemed a little confusing. The more I kind of look at the lineup, it it sort of makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. You now Mm -hmm. have the iPod, uh, I can't say an iPod, iPad (laughs) Pro, followed by the (laughs) iPad Air, and then the new...
1: The 9.7 inch Right, the
0: 9.7 inch iPad is now the affordable iPad. Mm Mm-hmm and then that's followed by the iPad mini
1: which is smallest but not the most affordable. Yeah,
0: it's no long it's yeah, it's not the most affordable. It's more about portability.
1: So basically so, everything on the the lineup now has the Apple Pencil support. Now. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, the, the tricky thing is as I sort of alluded to it in when we were talking about the AirPods mm-hmm. is that the new iPads
2: use the old Apple yes, pencil, right?
0: So the, the old Apple pencil actually yeah, got some I new know. life mm-hmm. because of these two new iPads
2: Yeah, where I thought I was hoping that at least You know, they would they're still selling them because they still sell the older devices that that support it But it was gonna fade away. But no, they're they're. This means that they have to continue to make and sell two separate Apple pencils that are not compatible with with and each basically other's share devices the in any name. way. I think the
1: big reason why they're doing that is because, you know, the first generation yeah. uses the lightning port whereas the, you know, second one wireless charges wirelessly and while we may make fun of the way that you charge it by sticking it into the port, it's a way to charge it and it is convenient. So, I don't think yeah, and you know, you have to have that attachment to make it charge otherwise. So,
2: they're stuck with it. Yeah, it's ex- it'd be expensive to make. You'd have to make a more expensive iPad to make Precisely. it wirelessly charge the, pen, the the new pencil. But they just right. should have given it another name. I mean, number two <laughs> pencil is sitting <laughs> right Apple there. Apple pencil and the Apple pen.
0: <laughs> so the new iPad Air has a, is a ten point, ten and a half inch device. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard. It has a A12 Bionic chip. Like we said, it supports Apple Pencil, the Lightning one. It'll probably just end up being called the Apple Pencil Lightning or the Lightning Apple Pencil and then the USB-C Apple Pencil or something like that in terms of, like, not unofficially, but uh, you know, how to differentiate the two. The iPad Mini also has an um, A12 Bionic chip. It has a 7.9-inch display, uh, both retina displays iPad mini is, starts at 399, $399. for mm-hmm. the is that a 64 gigabyte version?
1: I believe I don't know right off the top of my head. Yes. Yeah. I believe it's 64 and 256 so is that a two configuration? Yeah.
0: And then the iPad Air is 499 and 629
1: Yes, I believe so. 499 nine sounds right. So we're
0: working on getting those in also for review. The Apple also released some new uh, cases for the new devices. Although I think with the iPad mini, you can use old mini cases. I believe so. Yeah. So we're working on getting those in for review as well. And on Tuesday, Apple updated the iMac line. The iMacs now have Eighth generation Intel processors. They have a couple of standard configs with ninth generation uh, Intel processors. You could also upgrade, you can customize to order the IMAX with a ninth generation Intel processor. So they're the same price points as before, but with the new processors. So the 21 inch IMAC comes in at 1099, which is actually the old an old model, that did not get updated, the 1099 iMac, it still has a Core i5, but I believe that's a, I wanna say that's a seventh generation uh, Intel processor, 2.3 gigahertz, 1099, and and it's not even a retina display. 1299 and 1499 iMacs were upgraded. So the 1299 iMac has a 3.6 gigahertz quad core Core i3. And then the 1499, 1499 model, has something that's relatively new to the 21-inch iMac. It has a six-core processor at three gigahertz, so that's pretty new. Uh, also new to the 21-inch, the two 21-inch models, new 21-inch models, is that you can configure the RAM to at 32 gigabytes. The limit before was 16, but now the new the new uh, max is 32 gigabytes. And Apple is using a 2666 megahertz ddr4 ram which is new um it's an upgrade from the 2400 ram that was in the past oh i forgot to mention the 1499 imac can be upgraded the graphics can be upgraded to a radeon pro vega 20 with four gigabytes of vram so you can get a uh, upgraded graphics on that the 27 inch imacs also have there, there, there are six core processors across the line now for the 1799 to $19.99 and the 2299 models, they also get the same RAM upgrade in terms of the speed. And with the high-end iMac, you can upgrade the graphics to a Radeon Pro Vega 48 with 8 gigabytes of v- VRAM. It's been a couple years since Apple upgraded the iMac, so it's kind of nice to see uh, finally some upgrades. Although the the eighth generation processors kind of been out for a while
2: although although they're still selling them like there's this intel's in this weird eighth and ninth generation depending on exactly what product you buy and there hasn't been that much difference between them and a lot of the difference was in graphics which you're getting at discrete graphics anyway and yada yada so it's 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 a nice spec bump, but it is a spec bump. There's no internal redesign. It doesn't have the T2 chip. Um, I think it can't because I think the T2 chip, it's the storage controller and it only does flash and these still have the entry model still has that old crummy rotating 5400 rpm hard drive. And all the others have like fusion drives, which is a rotating hard drive and flash combination thing.
1: How do y'all feel about the i uh, the iMac needing like an exterior visual overhaul, like a redesign?
2: The bezels are huge. It's got that big chin to it. It's low. You, you yeah. need to it always needs to be raised up. It's it's at a bad ergonomic height for everyone. I I've never seen anyone with an iMac who doesn't have it raised up on a stack of books or I was going to say there
1: should be a whole industry basically <laughs> devoted to making, you know, iMac stands.
2: There is. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a bunch of them all made to like match your iMac or, or put ports up front or something like that. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's long past time for a redesign. This, this exact Retina Mac design has been kicking around since 2014, but it's really just a tweak to the non Retina thin Macs, which go back even further, which are just a thinner version of the mm-hmm. aluminum iMacs that go back 10 years. I mean, Which is ancient. So they fundamentally have looked like this for 10 years. And that's, it's time for something new. Oh, and did you didn't mention, Roman, but uh, they also, Apple also kind of stealth reduced the cost of some RAM and storage upgrades, some other Mac products, which is good.
0: So when people shop for Macs on the Apple site, they offer these standard configurations, but you can always customize them, you can change. You know, the RAM configuration, you could change the storage devices. But that always comes, you know, with an additional cost. Uh, Apple has reduced the cost on a lot of those upgrades. So uh, that's a nice little thing that if, for people who are shopping.
2: Uh, speaking of cost, before we get off new products on the on the news, um, I should mention that those new iPads have an A12, not the A12X that they have in the iPad. And that means that that new iPad Air... At 10.5 inches, you may get a better deal buying the old 10-inch iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. The old 10 and a half inch, not the new one, the old Touch ID one, because it's got a better it it only a little bit slower with that A10X. Doesn't have the machine learning stuff in it, the Neural Engine stuff. But other than that, it's not much slower. Has same same or better RAM, but it's got a better camera, it has ProMotion. It has um I, uh, hdr and stuff so it's it's got a better display that and i if you're looking around you might be able to find it for about the same price and so depending on what your priorities are you know do you just want the absolute newest chip or do you uh, are those other features more important to you you may be better off just and buying just so you know i, and I and did half write a inch feature
1: Pro. on uh, what's new and what isn't on both the ipad mini and the iPad air. And like Jason said, you really can't talk about the iPad air without talking about the 10.5 inch, uh, iPad pro. Um, so, you know, I outlined some of those differences in there too, but yeah, because that was basically the successor to it. And so it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting jump there.
0: Yeah. So that kind of, uh, wraps up so far what Apple's announced in terms of hardware. Apple did make yeah. one more announcement kind of late last week, I believe that the, uh, Developers Conference mm-hmm. is going to be held June 3rd through 7th in San Jose. For people who don't know, the Developers Conference is when Apple... That's Apple's big marquee event of the year. Apple introduces and showcases the new versions of its operating systems. And they also often do hardware announcements. So it's, it's, a, big, it's a big deal for the Apple community the keynote's on June third, and they—I don't think they've officially announced that they are streaming the keynote, but they usually do.
2: Yeah, they've—they've been doing that for years, so I doubt they would do something different this year.
0: If you are interested in attending, uh, you have to join a raffle, essentially. So it's not just open; you have to. The tickets are limited in number, so you have until uh, March twentieth. Actually, you have until today. So by the time you hear this. <laughs> You might have minutes left to register. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to first be part of the Apple Developer Program, and then you have to pretty much enter a, kind of a drawing or of, of sorts to see if you can get tickets. Uh, they also have scholarships available for students. But we will be covering the keynote when that happens in June. But there's another Apple event happening right around the corner on March 25th, this Monday, it's an event happening happening at Apple's headquarters at the Steve Jobs theater and everyone has been ex- pretty much expecting that this will be Apple's event to announce its streaming video service to compete with the likes of Netflix and Hulu. Apple could possibly also unveil a new subscription news service. There's also been rumblings of a video of a video games uh, service, but that seems to be in like in the early stages if it's going to happen uh we'll have coverage of that event on march 25th are you guys excited about apple's uh video offerings
2: yeah i'd really like to see more i'm very curious we haven't seen anything yeah there's so there's so many shows and series uh and we just haven't seen any production images or they've been very secretive about it. So it's hard to get excited about something that just has stars, names attached to
1: it. At this point I'm most interested in how they're going to brand it, how they're going to package it, how they're going to, you know, subscription models and stuff like that. And uh, that's really what I want to see.
2: Yeah, there's there's that. I mean, uh, there's a good chance they it won't even be something they charge for, not their own content. It, it's just to get you into a redesigned TV app that has these channels where you subscribe to HBO and everything else in there. Um, which reminds me that uh, Netflix has come out and said, "Oh, they're not participating." Which really shouldn't surprise anybody. They don't participate in anything anybody's anything now. They're available everywhere. But any sort of aggregator, you can't get Netflix as a channel in Amazon Channels. You can't get it. Um, it. They don't. They don't work in the TV app on iOS devices to show you like your the next episode coming up and stuff. You just have to you go straight to the Netflix app on your Apple TV or your iPhone I, or whatever. But I think like
1: Jason said, you know that kind of gives us a
2: hint that there will be some
1: kind of aggregation going on there. At the very fact that they felt compelled to say something like that, so
0: uh there probably won't be any hardware announcements because they all happen this week. Right, Yes. So, it's been a while since they've upgraded the Apple TV. Do True. I think there's a chance that they would unveil a new Apple TV. I don't I was looking at the specs of it this morning. I was trying to think what could they update?
1: If they were to introduce some kind of hardware at that event, that would be it. Right. But I I I have a feeling they're yeah. going to try to go net direction as opposed to just having the Apple TV as a device, but I could be wrong. I, it's the, the direction I want them to go into.
2: Well, yeah, the TV app is already on all our phones and our iPhones and iPads no. and, and they're fine with that. Yeah. Um, they definitely don't need more powerful hardware, What they need is right. cheaper hardware. Uh, I could see them doing an Apple TV stick kind of a thing, something like a Chromecast that has a lot less flash storage and isn't meant to play games and all this other stuff. Uh, it's just meant to run streaming apps uh, and, and costs a lot less. That would be a good move for them. But other than that, yeah, yeah, I don't, and I don't really expect that's going to happen. You, that's true. You, we haven't seen any leaks about that. What they need is a new remote.
0: And they try to rely Jesus. on Siri for that kind of stuff too. But
2: yeah, but you can't do that for all your, like, you're just navigating the interface and scrubbing around and stuff. It's just, ah, it's just everybody universally hates it. Like, even Apple's biggest fans are like, no, this is bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think people forget, or at least Apple didn't understand, that people used a remote to kind of flip around. And the Apple TV remote's not conducive to that kind of flipping around. You have to have have purpose with it. You have to know what you're going to do.
2: And it just doesn't work without looking at it. It's very symmetrical. It's very flat. It doesn't fit in your hand well it's hard to tell which way you're holding it. It's, it gets everything wrong about a device that you're not even meant to look at. It's, it's a device you're meant to look at. Oh, it's, it's so attractive, but that's not how remotes work.
0: Well, that pretty much wraps up this week in news. Well, there was one actually kind of one more event that happened, which kind of leads us to our feature discussion. Last week, Spotify filed suit against Apple in the European Union claiming that Apple is using its App Store to limit choices that customers have for audio streaming services in an effort to promote its own Apple Music service. So there's been some back and forth between Apple and Spotify on this. You know, to me it, I, I sort of find it uninteresting in a way. <laughs> but I'm not sh- I, I I've been going back and forth on my thoughts on this. So it, it seems kind of Maybe we should bring up some of the points that Spotify is claiming or has in its
1: in its suit. Is- yeah, there's a couple of things I want to say, but I think we should get the the things
2: out of order. Right. They launched a site called time. I think it's time to play fair dot com. And it has all these cute cartoon characters that kind of run you through the timeline and all the specific complaints that Spotify has against Apple. And
1: uh, OK, so like some of it is. First, the app should be able to compete fairly on the merits, not based on who owns the app store. We should all be subject to the same fair set of rules and restrictions, including Apple Music. Second, customers should have a real choice of payment system and not be, quote, locked in or forced to use system with the discriminatory tariffs such as Apple's. And finally, app stores should not be allowed to control the communications between services and users, including placing unfair restrictions on the marketing and promotions that benefit consumers. Those are Spotify's main points.
2: Basically what they're saying is on uh, over the years, they've Apple has made it so that if you want to subscribe to Spotify, uh, on your iOS device, you have to do it through the app store, through an in-app purchase. They can't kick you off to a web page. any of that. If, If you happen to just know on your own that you can go to the web and subscribe to Spotify, that's fine, but they can't tell you that in any way in the app they can't pop up a notification they can't put a link to a web page. they can't even put text that isn't a link that lets you just go yourself <laughs> you know there's they're, every Apple has made it so that there's just absolutely no way within the app that you can know of any other way to pay other than through Apple where Apple takes 30% or I should say since it's a su- subscription service they take 30% the first year and 15% every other year after that Um, and Spotify's complaint is you're not letting us, our customers pay any other way as far as they know, and you don't have to pay that on your Apple music. So out of our 10 bucks a month, you get three bucks and we get seven but on your own competing service you get to keep all 10 and that makes it really impossible for us to compete. I, I want to
1: point out too that you know there are other services that kind of work like this like Kindle if you try to buy a Kindle mm-hmm. you know a Kindle you can't buy Kindle books through the Kindle app and you can't buy them through the Amazon uh, app itself and it'll say sorry you can't do that through this app. That's what it means. Now, if you go through Safari on your iPhone and you can buy it that way. But it's, it's another case of where Amazon is getting or trying to get around. Uh, and, you know, I I totally I, this is a case where I understand it, where they're trying to get around Apple's, you know, cut of that. So, no, it it, it's, it,
2: it is a problem elsewhere. It's not just Spotify. Right. But Spotify's mm-hmm. filing suit for themselves. So yes. they're only mentioning themselves. Um, and they bring up. And this is a little bit of a disingenuous point. They bring up things that, like, you don't have to do that in uh, ride-sharing apps like Lyft or uh, Uber. You know, you can put in your credit card and pay directly. Uh, Things like DoorDash and stuff like that, you don't have to pay. And that's where Apple has always had the line, is digital goods and services have to go through Apple's payment system. Physical goods and services don't. So when you buy something off Amazon, you don't. Apple's not taking a 30% cut. Um, and, you know, so that's, that's always been there. Uh, so Spotify has a point. Apple has a point. I mean, if Apple just changed the rules to allow anyone to just link to the web to pay you're you would suddenly see that on every app. Yes. <laughs> and then that would, then that destroys the whole security of the system and privacy and everything else that Apple's doing to protect you, the consumer going through their own payment processing. So it wouldn't just not make it easy, it would make it worse in a way.
1: Now, see, I think Apple would be almost justified in doing this because, you know, I, I see both sides, but I, I, I do I do kind of agree with uh, Spotify <laughs> to a certain extent. It's like if I were able to access Spotify through Siri or something, I would feel like I was getting a good deal, I mean, a good service out of that 30% if I were Spotify. I mean, but that that is where, you know, it just totally restricts you to using apple products and stuff and that's you know i know there's the privacy stuff involved with that i know it it, but that that's that's one of the things it it is really annoying and i say this as a person who mainly uses spotify because i believe they have better recommendations and and things like that um you know it, it it is kind of annoying to use spotify it's not I don't think it's as bad as Spotify is
2: making it sound, but yeah, you do have to lose a little bit more legwork. That's the other part of their complaint is that, uh, outside of the financial competitive advantage that Apple's giving Apple music by owning the platform, uh, is that they're also limiting functionality that their service has, but others don't. Uh, the, the main one is Siri works directly and fully with, Spotify, I'm sorry, with Apple Music, and there is no way to do that with Spotify. You can't ask it Siri to play a song on Spotify at all. Where competing assistants from Alexa to Google Assistant stuff allow that, they allow other music services to integrate. Um, and Apple Watch was a problem. Uh, they've wanted to have an Apple Watch app forever. Only late last year, with the drop of uh, Watch OS five, has that been possible. And even then, it's limited. You can't use it over cellular, for example, where you can with Apple Music. Apple Music has had a watch app long before you could put any other music app on there. So um, they're not playing by the same rules. And Apple Music gets to kick uh, notifications to you on promotions and special new albums and stuff like that. And Spotify can't. That's against Apple's rules. So... Even if uh, ignoring the financial stuff, uh, they say Apple's putting the thumb on the scale by owning the platform, allowing their own music service to do stuff that their music service can't do. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out because the European Union's uh, laws about antitrust and monopoly power are a little bit different than Mm -hmm. they are here in the U.S. Here in the U.S., they're kind of based around Mm -hmm. customer harm. Uh, whereas in the European Union, they're more about, um, yes. limiting competition.
1: And, the, and th- this. You know, it, it, there are a lot of people, you look in comments, you look in forums and stuff. There's a lot of people that say, you know, it's like Spotify is doing gangbusters and a lot of it is oh. actually because of, you know, it's support on the, I'm a Spotify user. I know, I mean, most people, I actually have mm-hmm. to kind of look to find Apple Music users. I, I have a subscription, but it, it's mainly because of
2: work, honestly. And uh, there, there are a lot of subscribers, but you don't hear yes. many people talking about it. And you have to wonder how That's many true. are getting their three months they're a subscriber but they're in their three months trial although i don't think apple counts those in the numbers but um they're getting it six for six months with verizon or you know whatever yeah i don't know to what degree that all but it's part you know, of it
1: it was like it was like one of the things that we said about the the home pod you know that's a great thing and everything i think that would have been a more popular product if they had allowed you know services like, allow us to use it with services like Spotify. You can use it with AirPlay, mm-hmm. which is what they'll use as an excuse, but, you know, that's really... That's not exactly. the same. Exactly. That's that's totally missing out on the full functionality of the device, and I think it would have been more... So, and this is a case where I think Apple's actually shooting itself in the foot, because you could have mm-hmm. had something of a hit on your hand if you just loosen those you know, nonsensical, really res- restrictions,
2: a little bit. Siri has all these separate what they call domains, mm-hmm. which are like areas in which um, they allow other apps to tie into them for functionality. And they have not had a music domain forever, yeah. and and it's been a everyone's complained about it for since Siri started doing this, working with other apps with these domains. That they need a music domain. So I mean, yeah, that's that's an issue that they're. It, it was less of an issue before there was Apple Music. Then it was like, well, it's just a problem. Nobody can do this on Apple's platform. Now the problem is Apple can do things on their own platform. They don't let their direct competitors do with their own service, with their own music service. And that's, that seems to be the crux of the complaint.
0: Uh, one of the interesting things about Apple's response is that they, they tried to frame the response as, hey, we're a company who's looking out for these artists and stuff so like the the whole beginning of their response was about that and then the whole ending of their response was about how uh spotify and others are uh, uh they're um appealing the recent lawsuit about uh music royalties and apple stepped back and said yeah we're not interested in doing that anymore and the apple kind of
2: music <laughs> uh songwriters i think right and apple yeah
0: is using that as sort of a, it was like fodder to say, Hey, you know, you know, we're all about the music industry and which kind of sort of this like distraction technique.
2: Yeah. That's not the point. I mean, it's they're They're right. Spotify has, and, and others have not been paying uh, enough of, in of their a cut to the record labels and, and producers and stuff. And, uh, and Apple pays more and everybody recognizes that, but that's, in, that's sort of a separate issue from all these other things that Apple is taught that Spotify is complaining about. Uh, and it, if you take Spotify's side it's, it's easy to say, well, gee, if you weren't taking 30% off the co- top, maybe I could afford to pay more to the labels. So, Yeah, it it was weird that they did that. It was also weird that they really didn't seem in their whole response. They talked about this ecosystem they built. They spoke about customers as though they were Apple's customers and how much we, how much money we've paid to all these um, other apps and services. But um, they didn't really mention that they have their own music service. Yeah, like they kind of completely glossed. If over you
1: command that. F on their press release, you will not find the word the you know the term Apple Music you know, in Apple's you know, right. press release. It's crazy,
2: which is really the whole what this whole thing is about. Yes. That you have a competing service. This is exactly what uh, Microsoft got slapped for for in antitrust uh, with Internet Explorer back in the day. Is that they owned a platform and by And they got slapped for it for less, but they just by bundling Internet Explorer and kind of not making it easy for to change your default from that to another web browser, uh, not obvious for people, they were harming competition. In this case, Apple's doing the same thing. They have Apple Music is pre-installed on every iPhone and iPad you buy uh, where their competitors aren't. That's their platform and they're doing that. And that's that alone is what Microsoft got slapped for. Then on top of that, you have the, well, we that that's a service that we charge money from that is just like these other services our competitors charge money from, and we take a cut from them, and we don't have to do that ourselves. So there's a money competitive advantage as well. Um, and I we don't have the same regulatory environment we did when Microsoft had to deal with this with Internet Explorer. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? It's also in the European Union, as we mentioned. So,
0: Yeah, this is going to take a, a while to, to happen. It might even be a year or so. You know,
2: oh, more. Yeah, maybe more.
0: more. With appeals and everything. So,
2: And whatever the solution is uh, may only apply to Europe. Right. We see things like that happening. Um, certainly, uh, for Microsoft, they had to put up this stuff where when you launch – um, Internet Explorer you got a choice of a, a browser ballot a randomized choice of popular browsers to choose from and click a link and it would download those and um, and that kind of thing didn't happen in the US.
1: Not only are we dealing with Spotify, but um, you know the cy- cybersecurity firm Kaspersky uh, said that it is it is too filing an antitrust com- complaint against Apple. Um, this time, it's because it believes you know that Apple's you know position as platform owner supervisor keeps it you know developers from acting on uh, equal terms like Apple. And uh, this in this case, it's filing it with the Russian Federal Anti Monopoly Service. But uh, you know they they claim that Apple isn't allowing you know it to use certain features that would make it itself have a good product. So, you know, Mm -hmm. we got all
2: this antitrust stuff going through through the app store. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you try and buy something through the app store, it's sandboxed in such a way that it hurt. makes it hard for antivirus software to do the things it normally does. Um, and that's, that's true in this. It's a little bit different than the Apple music Uh one in the sense that there's no Apple antivirus product that, you buy that competes with that but yeah i just think it's interesting that everybody's suddenly deciding on
1: sudden to pile on apple so we'll see how it works out it'll
0: be interesting to see what's going to happen and what kind of chain reaction as you pointed out with the kapersky uh stuff you know if it leads to other uh industries other uh companies bringing suit against apple
2: well these have direct the impact on us as consumers. These are really consumer facing, um, and it could change the rules for how our iOS devices behave and how Apple behaves, uh, toward its consumers.
0: So that does it for our feature discussion. Now our next segment is the two minute tip here on the two minute tip, a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week, we're going to show you how to add other people's fingerprints to Touch ID on your iPhone and iPad. And this question uh, was actually sent to us and was uh, part of a column, our Mac 911 column, that's written by Glenn Fleischman, who he gets in reader questions, and he researches uh, answers and stuff like that. And a lot of them are about the iPhone, even though it's called Mac 911. Uh, But this one uh, he covered this week was sent in by a reader who was asking how to essentially let other people, like his other family members, be able to access his phone while it has Touch ID. And it's actually a pretty simple uh, thing. So when you go into iOS and the settings, and then you go to Touch ID and Passcode, if you look under fingerprints, you'll see fingerprint one, which is the fingerprint you added uh, as you were setting up iOS. And then there's a add a fingerprint Option that you can do. Now, I think people don't realize that add a fingerprint doesn't necessarily mean it has to be your fingerprint. So it can be a fingerprint from someone else. So it could be a fingerprint of your daughter, your son, your wife, whoever else you want to have access that phone. And you just that's how you would add a fingerprint from another person. So you would hit uh, add a fingerprint, and then iOS asks you to place your finger on the home button and you just have that person go through that process and of adding the uh, fingerprint. And then they have access to your phone. It's still your account. So it's still under your account. So you have to keep that in mind that, you know, your Apple ID is the one signed in. So whatever that person does on your phone, you know, they can buy stuff through the Apple store and in the iTunes store. So they have access to your account. And they, they can do things with your phone. So keep that in mind.
2: If you share often, you may want to change the setting that says use Touch ID for purchases. So you have to actually type in your password for purchases. That lets people unlock your phone, but they're not going to be able to buy stuff. Another neat thing about that menu that not a lot of people know is that when you're looking at that settings menu where it lists all the fingerprints, if you touch the Touch ID sensor <laughs> whatever, it, it actually highlights which fingerprint that is in the list. So if you forget, by default, they're just called fingerprint one, fingerprint two, fingerprint three. And you can rename them, but people don't. So if you're like, oh, which one is my, uh, I want to get rid of one so I can add my life. Which one was my left thumb? You just touch it with your left thumb and it'll highlight fingerprint four or whatever. Yeah. And you'll go, oh, that's the one. It's like a little hidden trick that not a lot of people know.
0: So that's our two minute tip. Use it wisely. Moving on to readers' hot takes. We love to read your comments and questions. Let us know what you're thinking on Twitter at at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Uh, Here are a few comments that caught our eye this week. The first comment we have was from Twitter from at Bart Merdink. And it's in response to a Spotify versus Apple Music article that we posted. Bart wrote... Apple's reaction was quite convincing to me. In contrast, Macworld's criticism of of Apple is not very convincing at all. Spotify wants to raise prizes and blame Apple when in reality, Apple gets next to nothing out of Spotify anyway and, and has done much of the hard work. This is in response to an article that Michael Simon wrote. He's a staff writer for us that was pointing out some of the, what he felt were flaws in Apple's counter argument to Spotify's
1: as Mike pointed out, you know, Apple made some good points, but it's what it wasn't saying that was the issue. And I, I think that he made
2: a good case for that. True. Yeah, the next, the next hot take takes the other side of that.
0: The next hot take by uh, also on Twitter from at MXL256 says that in regards to Mike's article was how nice to see a critical piece. I love Apple hardware, but their app store is uncompetitive in favoring their own products. The thought that the fees are needed for upkeep is a fallacy. Facebook, Uber, and the likes make money too, but don't have to pay for it. Hashtag time to play fair. People who use Apple devices, it's an interesting thing because you have a large segment of people who are happy to be in this kind of environment where Apple takes care of everything for you. And then you have a huge segment of people, I guess you would consider you know, us Macworld staffers, they want a little more freedom you know they want to be able to play outside of that sandbox every once in a while that's basically what we're seeing here is that you know the take that i just read you know that they're happy being in that sandbox and then you know there are other people who just they want a little bit more freedom
2: yeah you're seeing this in other industries where um, whether it's you know steam or places or xbox playstation all these other digital storefronts they 30 percent cut is kind of the the thing that everybody kind of settled on and has been that way for a while and honestly if your storefront is very successful that's way more money than it takes to run the storefront to do all the payment processing distribution actual store listings up push app updates out to everybody even considering the fact that there are so many free apps games whatever that where you get no money it's still, it's still a big chunk. And then you see something like Epic games come along and say, well, our storefront only takes 12% because that's all that's needed to run the storefront. We're not going to make money off of that. Uh, so it, it, it does kind of sort of beg the question of like, is 30% the right amount or 30% the first year and then 15% of each additional year? How much does Apple really make off of the app stores cut from apps and in app purchases? And, How much does it actually cost them to run? It's obviously a huge investment to run. They built this big ecosystem. They deserve something for that. But at the same time, when they have a competing music service that doesn't have to pay that, that's tough. It's especially tough for music services because the royalty cuts that uh, record labels and stuff get are sort of mandated by law. So the margins are razor thin already. And giving and, up thirty you percent know, to a storefront it's, it's an especially tough. good
1: comparison because Valve, who runs Steam, isn't, you know, on Apple's level, but they're still ridiculously rich, especially in the, the PC gaming field. They they used to crank out some really good games, but it's like they just set back and let the store do its thing now and make that and so it, it almost feels like this kind of bad faith thing. And I and I think the difference, you know, is much more stark. You know, if you look at the valve, you know, compared to some of the competitors that are uh, stopping up. But if you're interested in that, I would do some research on that because
2: it, it is a good way to compare what's going on with Apple and Spotify. Yeah, there's just obviously there's obviously changes afoot in the whole digital marketplace ecosystem of tech that are we're going to i think we're going to see some real changes whether it comes from competition or regulation over the next few years
1: maybe a good price you kind of alluded to this it was a good price a good cut excuse me for a different time but you know the internet was getting off on its feet and you know not that many people by comparison were buying these things and services but now this this is our normal lives this is our everyday experience and when you already have something this big in place you know that you know the money is going to be coming in pretty much, and you know it, it's time for you know better prices for something that is part, part of a normal part of our everyday life, and for a lot of people, it is their way of life to you know put things on here. Thirty thirty percent is it's a lot. If you can't comprehend how much how much of a percentage that is, I don't think you've you know really created that stuff before.
2: Apple's response said something like you know over uh, over the years the app stores paid out $120 billion to, to developers and look at that, look at all this, look at the economic benefit of this app store. But what that leaves out is that, well, that means that you've sucked up 50 billion for yourself. Has it taken you 50 billion to develop and run and maintain this app store for people? Uh, or are you just basically charging at, because you have a big market and it's like, Hey, if you want to play in our market, where's my money? So that's kind of, yeah. So, it, I it's I we don't have an official position as MacWorld, like we're not on anyone's side here. But there are interesting points as consumers, is interesting points on both it's sides. It's gonna be rough.
0: Our final take comes from Ed Rue, posted on Facebook. It's in regards to the new iPad Mini that was announced, and Ed says that the iPad Mini fills a niche for him and that it fits in the cargo pocket of his pants, making it easily transportable and less likely to get lost. Is my, it is his video interviewing recording camera and his aviation navigation device. It's always with him for any pop-up occasion. The, the reason why I found that comment interesting is because I think people, or Apple maybe perhaps, underestimates the appreciation that people have for the iPad Mini. It's sort of like the – I think it's been proven that people want bigger phones. (laughs) And and for some people, it's become – maybe it's not – maybe it is a phone for them also because you can get cellular on it. But, you know, it's become the iPhone Supermax, so to speak.
1: And, you know, I I, I did write a piece a couple months ago about that. Is that, you know, the iPad Mini, to me, almost feels redundant because the iPhone – um 10x max has gotten so big that i I can basically use it as a tablet on its own but you know if i were to have a new tablet i wouldn't mind trying out a mini it's it's like you know especially since you would have a wider screen as opposed to the narrower one that you have yeah so that would really make a difference with reading and stuff
2: the size and format yeah is perfect for ebooks it's basically a, a a paperback book size um and and is excellent for that. And I think it makes a great digital notebook now that it supports the pencil. It's a good sort of handheld notebook size. Um, it's this, uh, Andrew's comment that it's his video recording camera. I mean, you know, you'd be better off using your phone in that, in that sense, unless your phone's really old because the the camera's not great. They have an older eight megapixel camera on the, uh, on the, uh, I, the new iPads. That's not up to snuff with the, better camera hardware on the newer iPhones.
0: I forget. Does the new iPad mini have the new FaceTime camera?
1: It did upgrade it. Yeah. It used to be. Oh, it's up. It's upgraded, but it's
2: not the same as the one that's in the true death. But it's definitely better than the one they had previously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Maybe Apple find, will find that the iPad mini is actually a better seller than maybe they expected. So even, even at its price point that makes people feel like it's too expensive, but, I think people like the bigger form factor they like the aspect ratio of the screen yes
1: that's a big one
0: so
2: i think it's a great thing if you've got toddlers or small children who want to watch you know videos and play games and stuff like that on car trips and everything it's easier to pack it's easier to lug around and it's cheaper than like a big fancy ipad that you may have for yourself
0: that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode six hundred and forty-four. Like to thank Leif Johnson. Thank you. I'd like to thank Jason Cross. Hey, thank you. And I like thank you the audience for tuning in. Tune in next week. Next week's gonna be a big show that I won't be here for. So the <laughs> Apple event is on Monday. I think we're still figuring out when the podcast is going to happen. We're trying to do it earlier in the week because of the event. Keep an eye on the website for that. yeah. Or Spotify. <laughs> or Spotify. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, interested in subscribing to the Macworld podcast, you can do that in iTunes or on Spotify. You can also check out the uh, our Macworld podcast on SoundCloud. And you can also check the Macworld podcast page for past episodes of the Macworld podcast. Again, join us next week for next for the next episode of the Macworld podcast. See you next week.